three, two, one. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Is there something stopping you from taking that next step in your life? Is there something blocking you from being happy? Well, then you should check out BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp is an online service that will connect you with one of their professional personal counselors in under 48 hours. Their counselors are specialized in many areas, including stress, anxiety, anger, and depression. You'll be able to schedule weekly video or phone sessions with your counselor in a safe and private online environment. BetterHelp is also more affordable and and a more convenient option than the traditional in-person counseling. We here at the 2-on-1 Podcast want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash listener. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash listener. Alex, we're back. Adam, we are back. Woo! Wow, you hit me with the Uno reverse there. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, Daniel's not here today. He's got some stuff going on. He's okay, but uh, we'll see him next episode. But uh, he's day to day. He is day to day with um, gobs going on. I, I almost said gobagool going on. That doesn't make sense. But... No, that doesn't. No, I've, I've never had. Have you ever had gobagool? Yeah, yeah, I have. What is that actually called? A capicolo? Yeah. So but is it well, translated in, to be called gabagool or what, no, what, no, what's the thing there? Uh, no, no. It's just New Jersey Italian. Oh, how? Yeah. I don't like that. No, I mean, it, it, every time we talk to Mike, it's a different word, right? It's more to tell. It's more to tell up, not oh, more okay. to tell. It more sounds, to tell up. Gabagool is a lot more fun to say than capicola. Yes, yeah, yeah. No, yes. It's easier to say for sure. Gabagool. Over here, what a great! Uh, I'm uh, yeah, oh, the Sopranos. I may have to watch it just for the gobbledygool. Mike would love that. Okay, so did Alex, we're gonna have a special guest on in a second here. Um, yeah. but first, we're gonna chat a bit about hockey to open the show. Believe it or not, we're gonna talk about hockey on the hockey podcast. Isn't that I really know. funny? Crazy. Mm-hmm. I think we open kind of open the show in a fun little way here. We're gonna talk about the Leafs. Okay. Awesome. Because the Habs are finally skating today, and it just there's a bunch of little medical updates, but they're a bit too monotonous to go through. Looks like they're getting players back, which is hilarious. Finally, yeah. that's but good. first up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank goodness, Jean Sebastian D got called up. No one else could be. So who? Thank goodness. I have not heard that name in a long time. Yeah, Jean Sebastian D. I'm pretty sure the only other contracted players in the like around are Jean Mishak, who obviously is in the OHL. Norlander, who's been loaned to Sweden, and Caden Gooley. Who's in the OHL or WHL, sorry. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, but didn't they cease operation? So maybe they could do an emergency call up, but I don't think they want that at all. Yeah, probably. But that's not. the yeah. Anyway, though, um, looking at the Leafs, uh, it was a it was a an identity game last night. Some would say. Was it was it? Uh, I, I'm so confused. Like because remember the first time they played Colorado, uh, they spanked when them. was it? October, November? Yeah, they spanked them like eight to two or something. Yeah, it was eight three. But remember going into that game, we were talking about how, uh, well, it was one person in particular who sparked a debate, calling it um, a must-win game. It was like this is it's a real test. I'm like, but is it a real test? 
Were they were the abs not banged up to start the year? I think I believe they were missing a couple players. They're always hurt. And now the Leafs are missing a couple players. Mm-hmm. I mean, one big one uh, in Marner. Say what you want about Mitch Marner, but Mitch Marner is part of the core in Toronto. That's a a significant piece to not have. And he's pretty good. Yeah, like he's good. Like I, I get his playoff performances, but like it's the regular season. That's what he's very. Some would say he's a nasty player. And, you know. Yeah, he's pretty good when he's on his game. You know, and especially against a team like Colorado, which we know are so offensively driven, losing that penalty killer. Because everyone forgets he's a big part of that penalty kill, especially with yeah. that aggressive style. Marner's great for that kind of stuff. Um, but it was the reason I joke it's identity. It was oh, yeah. 4-1. I think it was what they went into the second intermission. It was 4-1 or 4-2. I, I will go answer. double check, but it was 4-1 at a point. Me, did you see what Milan Lucic did? I think there was a post about it being 4-1, and he just left a comment saying, I've seen this before. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. He was on the 2013 or 2012-2013 Bruins, so totally fair. Totally fair. in Calgary. (laughs) I can't even, like, be mad. Uh, Yeah, it was 4-1. It was 4-2 going into the third. Okay. So, Alex, I don't think it's obviously – not acceptable to lose 4-1. Oh, we started to no. blow a 4-1 lead in overtime. We know yeah. that. And I don't think the Leafs give a damn about a pity point. They're not chasing a spot. They're willing. They pretty much guarantee the playoff spot already, which is kind of funny to say. But the Atlantic is just such a top-heavy division, you could say. Yeah. It's really just Boston, Toronto, the Florida teams. And then it's just, oh, what's going on here? Detroit <laughs> are on the up, as we know. But still, I thought it was just simply an example of you have really good teams and you have elite contenders. I think right now the Leafs are a really, really good team, but they are, I think if you were doing a tier list as we love to do on this podcast, I think it's fair to say Colorado are the top of the tier. And we joked a couple of seconds ago that they're always sort of banged up, but the state Colorado were in last night, they were healthy. They're just a really good team that don't give up. And you give them some power play opportunities and they're right back in it. I thought it was a good win by the ass, but I don't think it's as disappointing a loss. It's still unacceptable, but I think it was a bit different from other sort of blown leads. Well, okay. I'll start with you bring up the power play. I saw a lot of people talking about the refs last night on both sides. This is my opinion. I thought they were abysmal left, right, and center, like Mm -hmm. for both teams. Um, Again, I'm not going to use the referees as an excuse, because if you actually go look, the Colorado Avalanche did not score a single goal on the power play. They they scored zero goals on the power play. Now, did it, were the Leafs tired after being on the power play? I'm sure. But again, I don't think it's it's a good excuse to say, well, you know, the referees, they scored zero goals on the power play. Um, that being said, it's still unacceptable that you blew a 4-1 lead. Am I mad? Yes. But like, I thought I walked into this season saying the regular season doesn't really matter. Um, and I think a lot of people did, including other fan bases. So I'm not going to get mad when they blow a 4-1 lead in the regular season. I got mad earlier this year because there was a large stretch of games where they were playing half-ass. Mm-hmm. 
that's different. That's a mentality right there. Um, but I think to look at this as one game and say, you know what, let's blow this thing up. Not that I'm saying people suggested that, but to overreact to this game, I just, I don't think it's fair. I don't, not fair. I just, it's not what I'm going to do. I think that's fair. There were, you save your, uh, you save your bullets, right? It's uh, right. Yeah. There are games to get upset about losing to probably one of the best teams in the league. Probably like favorites to win the cup right there in Vegas. You know what I mean? There's um, I think you can sort of, you can give not again, yeah, not give them a pass, but you can be, you cannot be mad, but you can be disappointed. Right. Like, am I upset that they lost a hundred percent, but I'm not, I'm not going to go on a rampage about them blowing a four, one lead to the Colorado avalanche. It's just not worth my time and my energy. <laughs> The dogs are losing it right now. I really? hope that the, no, the Zoom settings are... I muted myself for a bit there, but I'm hoping oh, okay. you didn't pick up anything there. Uh, like, can you hear anything right now? I heard one. I, it was very quiet. There were two, so wait, no, there's another one. Doom is a blessing. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> we, we, well, lost, we lost the plot. Mm-hmm. So you know what's <laughs> what's interesting also around Toronto is uh, when I heard Nick, Nick Ritchie's name last time, I'm like, oh, yeah. Huh, that's interesting because he's on waivers this week. Cleared was still with the team. What? Did I miss that? What was the... Why, why was he on waivers to begin with? Was there cap stuff going on? or? Well, I'm sure it gives them, I think, the flexibility to move him down into the taxi squad. Oh, yes, that's right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which would then relieve some cap space. Again, like he... Did he have a... He, he had a mixed game for me last night. He had a goal um, on the power play. He yeah. did... He did make some noise in front of the net. Uh, he did his job, but at the same time, like there was just those glaring errors where it's like, Nick, you can't do that, man. Like he had that um, penalty that towards the penalty. end, of, towards the awful. end of the game where he yeah. cross checks someone right into Riley. It's like, man, what are you doing? Like you can't yeah, make those mistakes. I'm not gonna lie. Part of me was really hoping Colorado were gonna score there, just so like the the Twitter thing of Nick Ritchie was gonna kick into overdrive. But but no, but no. No. Devin Taves, by the way. Uh wow. Did you know he? I think he leads the league in. I think it's plus minus, which is like hmm, whatever. But he also leads defensemen in points per game. I'm pretty sure. Really. Yeah. Was he, he out for a period of time? Is that he why? did miss the start of the year? Yeah. And then right. they went on a stretch once he came back where they hadn't lost in forever. And right. now they won like 10 straight home games. It was it, it Mikhail Makar is again, my estimation, the best defenseman in the league, but it's almost kind of like um, I, I relate it to have biased suck it. I don't care. Uh, the Andre Markov to PK Subban almost, you know what I mean? There's that steady guy in the background that's there. Yeah, I really like Devin Taves and my goodness, him, obviously he was a big part of that Islander system, but seeing him sort of with a leash off playing with Colorado is a, a sight to behold. Yeah. hundred percent. hate how good that team is <laughs> and the embarrassment of riches that is their back end. And they want to trade Sam Gerrard. Uh, and if only the Habs weren't God awful, <laughs> you don't get him. Man, Sam Gerrard, if they had Sam Gerrard on their team versus Tampa, maybe they don't lose in five. Maybe they win, you know, win some more games. Maybe they do the thing, but they didn't because Bergman sucks and didn't want to. 
anyway. Let's not anyway. talk about Bergevin. Let's not talk about Bergevin. He's a he's a he's a clod. He's a so many words to say about Berge. Um, so I know I said I didn't want to mention too much minutia about the Habs injury stuff. There are two tweets I'm going to read from John Liu here because they're to do with Carey Price. Ducharme says Price's virtual meetings with meetings with his doctor in New York, planned in late December, uh, have not yet occurred. There are crucial in-person exams that have to be done with New York City uh, doctor in addition to uh, team trainers. More info is expected on Price today. Ducharme says pending results of trainings, uh, trainers finding, sorry. Price's next steps uh, is to ramp up uh, his on-ice exercises. And it estimates the last time Kerry would have been on the ice, obviously, is between the 15th and 20th. So um, the shutdown... Uh, a lot of things besides getting the Habs healthy. That's a setback. It seems Carey Price is uh, his return. Wow. That's a shame. You just like to see him at least get some games, especially if you're looking at, I hate saying this, but the avenue of trading, he needs to play, right? So even though that's a draft move, if it does happen, but still. Yeah. And I also think like because of them not going to the Olympic, of the NHL not going to the Olympics, I think it makes a little more sense to take your time Mm-hmm. With Carey Price, um, for multiple reasons, um, but I think there was this mental, there was this idea that if they were going to the Olympics, that you, he himself might want to rush himself in coming back. Yeah, I still like to know what Doug Armstrong's. Uh, wanted, I want to see some files on his computer to see what yeah. he was thinking. Uh, I really he, wanted to see. He's. Uh, we have our special guest. Oh, okay, perfect. Well, we will be back in a second then to talk about some penguin stuff. All right, Alex, we are back. So, Alex, do you know what really made me upset yesterday? I'm assuming it wasn't the Leafs blowing a 4-1 lead. No, you you know I'm a big Colorado guy, so no, I wasn't upset about that at all. Plus, it it gave content for the opening segment, so that's (laughs) fine. No, it was that we knew we were going to have Curtis on today. And I looked at the pens and I'm like, sweet, they're winning 10 straight. I forgot Pittsburgh were like the afternoon game. And then they, I heard they had played. I'm like, okay, let's cool. Let's look at this. And Dallas, the definition of mediocrity in you know this season, snapped the streak. But anyway, ruin a bit of the intro today. But please welcome a fellow member of our university, which still needs a new name. Uh, Curtis Martin, thank you for coming on the show. How are man, you? It's, I, when I applied to internships, and jobs and stuff no. it's really just difficult for me because <laughs> they're like oh what university do you go to i'm like uh x university question mark ryerson <laughs> maybe i don't know they're still but, figuring it out yeah it's yeah it's i don't think it helps my process i don't think no it helps my no process, no it did like, not. I, alex i think you can talk to that but <laughs> no it was it was uh interesting it was definitely interesting but anyways, I'm glad to be on, guys. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking about the Penguins. Maybe this was just bad luck. As soon, like literally, as soon as you guys were like, "Yeah, you can come on Sunday," they, they like hours later they lost. So <laughs> maybe it's just bad Real. luck. But I mean, you can't win them all. I exactly. guess. But yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Listen, at the end of the day, it's fa- it's 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 difficult to feel bad for Sidney Crosby's team. I don't think I ever once felt bad for the Penguins. But anyway. But yeah, uh, okay. Big, when when Crosby had his concussion issues, you felt oh, that's bad for obviously when when Stecco happened. You're like, okay, yeah, you know, but you know, when losing when a game, a brief, I'm like, yeah. When for a brief moment I thought that Crosby's career was over, I was like in shambles. I was, 
Sorry, just to start, because you mentioned there, that's the first thing I always wonder about with Penguins fans, is you get to watch Sidney Crosby. I mean, you cheer for Sidney Crosby. When he's healthy, that's, that's the key part. That is true. But still, what's it like? Do you feel spoiled as a fan? I feel like it's hard to be spoiled when you're in the midst of it. Like, I think for you, Alex, I think you, I could argue you're spoiled because you have Marner and Matthews arguably uh, part of one of the top lines in the NHL right now on your team uh, when they're both healthy or not in COVID protocol, which, I mean, we could talk about the Penguins' fun ride with COVID this year. Uh, but yeah, obviously I'm spoiled because for my whole life, the Penguins have had uh, either Crosby or Malkin on the ice. Like, I think I read somewhere before the season that there's only been 20 games since the Sidney Crosby era where neither of those players have been on the ice for the Penguins. And I'd argue that they're both going to be Hall of Famers. Like, I think Malkin's probably one of the greatest um, centers beside... Actually, maybe he's one of the greatest Russian centers to play in the NHL of all time, as could be argued, because Russia's always had a lot of strong wingers and... You know, maybe that'll be proved otherwise, but yeah, I mean, like the, the only thing Malkin's short of is a gold medal at the Olympics. He has everything else. Right. I'm pretty sure in one of the years they were bad, he went over and wor- won a world championship too with Russia, which I know no one follows, but I like international hockey, so I follow that kind of stuff. So yeah, I'm definitely spoiled. Um, and I'm all like, yeah, also, you also have to think that, you know, this team has had what I would say is good goaltending through most of that part too. Like whether it's a random guy they found and they just picked up or it's been Marc-Andre Fleury, who I know and like, it seems like a long time ago, but I remember the days when people thought Marc-Andre Fleury was the biggest choker in the world and just couldn't get together in NHL. And now look at him. He's like one of the best. He's one of the, I think he's top five in most playoff stats of all time for goaltenders right now. So I mean, I've been pretty spoiled as a Penguins fan. Um, did I think that they were going to be a playoff team this year? No. Really? <laughs> like as, soon as, as soon as I saw Malkin was injured and, you know, Crosby's going to miss the first two weeks, I, and I'll also admit I was a little bit shaky about Jari being our starting goaltender this year because, like, I like Jari as a goaltender. I'll say this, but the fact that he basically cost us the second round last year is kind of... It's kind of tough to be confident in a goalie after that. Right. Like, uh, no, go ahead. No, no. I was going to ask you a question. Just go finish. I was just going to say, because like the difference between like what Jari did and let's say what Campbell did was Campbell stood on his head in your series. Like you weren't mm-hmm. pointing at Campbell at the end of that series, but for, if for mm-hmm. an least fan perspective and the same with Montreal, like Carey Price was the reason you made it to the Stanley cup finals. Whereas for us, our goaltenders, like, sewered us like we played we outshot outpossessed uh we basically dominated the the islanders which is kind of why i'm not shocked once they gave up one of their best scores that they're having trouble putting the puck in the net this year under barry trotz who's not an offensively gifted coach even though he is the best coach in the nhl in my opinion i just i just not shocked by that and i saw that last year and that's why it was even more uh heart-wrenching that we lost that series so you, you brought up Tristan Jari, and, and I wanted to ask, and we were talking before, you mentioned you were a goalie. So what's the difference between Tristan Jari during those games in the playoffs against the Islanders versus 
Tristan Jari this year because I think there's a significant difference in terms of like you could just based on the stats, he's a significantly better goalie than what he was during those games in the playoffs. Like, is it what's happening in front of him or is it something that has changed with him himself? I think what I'm going to say is the biggest difference for this Penguins team is having a healthy Chris Letang. I think a lot of people don't talk about him because, you know, he was great. He's been great his whole career. And, but just injuries have been basically hampering him for the last, I'd say, four, three, past four, three seasons. So, you know, I think that's a big help to any goalies when you have your number one defenseman in the lineup. I think he's been in the lineup almost every game, maybe a couple because of COVID he's been out, but basically in the lineup every day. And also John Marino is one of the better young defensemen in the Eastern Conference, in my opinion. I can't say that about the West because Shea Theodore and Kyle McCarr exist over there and they're just, they're unbelievable. But um, I, I think the big thing as a, like I really like analyzing goalies. And I think the main thing was, he really was like low in his stance in the playoffs. And Tristan Jari isn't a tall goalie to begin with. He's about six two. That's what he's listed as six three on the NHL.com, but he's not six three. No, he's not. But the he's lot of there's a lot of biffing on those sites when the people are like weights and heights are put in there. So he's about six two, which in the modern NHL is really short for goalie. Like most goalie scouts say if you're under six one, we won't even like look at you, it doesn't matter if you have like a 972 save percentage. Like we're not even going to like consider drafting you in the first six rounds. So that's what, hence why Devin Levi is a seventh round pick. Um, so, and then once you crouch down, like as from Goyspan's um, standpoint, like it's hard to do because, you know, this is an audio thing, but like maybe, I know you guys have some video, yeah. like kind of like what it's kind of like is like as a goal, you want to be more upright and he was okay. like slouching. So then that right. creates holes over your shoulders. And that's where he's getting beat in last year's playoffs. So I think that's the main thing is, you know, he's just not, he's being more like prominent chest up. You know, he's not giving over the shoulder as much because honestly, that's, that's the toughest part is, you know, and then obviously confidence. Like once you like kind of sewer a couple games, it just goes into a spiral. Like if I'm a coach, if I ever become a coach and your goalie's like, just has a, one or two bad games. You gotta, you have to move on. Like I don't care if he's your guy or what's going on. It's just like goalies, kind of like being a closer in the MLB is like such a mental thing. And it's like if you just get into a spiral where you can't pull yourself out of it, like there's nothing you can do. Don't care how good of a goalie you are. It's happened to every goalie. That being said, I also think it's kind of weird that this like narrative came because he was. I think a lot of people forget about this uh, when there's a bunch of injuries right before all this COVID stuff happened, but he was an all-star in 2019. Yeah. He was one of the top goalies in the NHL before there was the pause. And then COVID happened, and then we had a weird season last year where he was good in the regular season. wasn't great. He was good. And then he's gone back to form this year. Yeah, so, no, it, it's weird. That's why it was like, what what the hell happened those, those games? It's, he just kind of, it was the complete opposite of what we expected you want like even more history sorry to interrupt but like i'm thinking back to the bubble and how it was matt murray was the starter against montreal and it was like what are you thinking we gotta get jari in there and just looking back on them both all like this you know sort of playing hot potato with net almost like all these like years later it's really funny to think about 
Alex, I've also noticed incidentally that um oh and oh. Curtis has his Matt Murray jersey out. <laughs> oh no. Oh goodness gracious. All oh, these years later. Oh, it's I had to pull that out because I think when it I always see those Twitters, those like Twitter questions where it's like, what is a jersey you most like regret buying? And besides the fact that that has the cup uh, crest on it, it's definitely that jersey. Um, it's kind of it's kind of a tough look to wear that around. Yeah, a uh, little bit. But I also didn't want to buy just like a Crosby jersey because that's a little basic. So I kind of want a little insider baseball. But I'm um, sorry, going back to your question, you know, before I, I completely sidetrack myself, I think that I also think that Pittsburgh's underrated in its goalie development. And I know that, you know, we could talk about Matt Murray and the fact that, you know, he's been terrible since those two cup wins. And maybe we could say even during those cup years, he was a little bit shaky in the playoffs and he was just surrounded by a good team. And what a lot of people forget is that one of those years, Fleury basically won all the games leading up to the Eastern Conference finals because he was hurt. And then he came back and won the cup in the finals, which um, if we want to bring up old History, I still think that that's kind of a one of the reasons why Fleury was like, let me go in the expansion draft because he was kind of upset with Sullivan for not letting him continue to play when he was arguably one of the best goalies in the playoffs at the time. I mean, they still won. And if you go back into my Twitter history, like three or four years ago, it, I was I was like, oh, they're going to lose now because they're putting in a goalie that hasn't played in a month and a half to the Eastern Conference Finals. But I think it's their very underrated goalie development system because I think Jari's been great. Like, even if you look at his career numbers, I don't have them pulled up exactly at this moment. He's been really good in the NHL. I think besides this year, I've been a big Casey DeSmith guy, but Casey DeSmith has been pretty awful this year. Um, so, you know, is that... I, I think that's a more of a product of DeSmith being bad and the Penguins being good. I'm not going to say the Penguins are a lockdown defensive team because they're by no means that's their that's their weakness is uh, keeping the puck out of the net at times. So, you know, will I say that he's been bad because he's bad? I think that's part of it. I also think it's part of the Penguins. But then you also look at some of the prospects that they have coming up, which I'm really high on, Callie Clegg who unfortunately we didn't get to see play for uh, Team Sweden during the World Juniors because obviously uh, they only played, I think it was only two games. Two games. Then it got and, canceled. <laughs> and Jesper Wolstad is the, you know, since... Main guy. Uh, he's... Yeah. <laughs> he's, he is... I, a lot of, okay, a lot of people are talking about Spencer Knight last year. Right. And a lot of people have been talking about... Um, Ukapeka Lukanen in Buffalo as a, one of the big top prospects coming up. But Jesper Wolfstad, in my opinion, is the best goalie in the world not playing in the NHL right now. And I put him over Spencer Knight. I think that it, it's hard to argue because he's playing in the third best league in the world and he has a 930 save percent right now of men. Yeah. I was yelling at the draft when Edmonton, they, they moved uh, they moved up in the draft, or so they um they traded down in the draft and like didn't pick him. I remember thinking, "What are you?" I've never shut up see, about that, and why see, they didn't do that. I think it's interesting because Kosa is the North American version of Wallstad, and by that I mean he's like 
the Walmart version of Wallstad in the sense that he, they're big, they're good positionally, and they both play well at their age level. Like I think that Wallstad's. I honestly, I put Wallstad right now over Askarov too. I think well, if Daniel was here, he'd be. So <laughs> I, I I think I think Askarov is not to not to do not to be too hot takey on this podcast, but I think Askarov is the most. Um, Blown out of proportion goalie prospect in the world. Wow. I think he's, I think he's good. I think <laughs> he's athletic. He's he's the stereotypical Russian goalie. He's athletic, but his athleticism puts him out of position. Right. If you want, if you want an example of this, also watch. Just go back, watch the highlights from when he got pulled against Sweden. When this he year. faces, yeah, this year. Not even when he got pulled last year against Sweden. Like, we can talk about all the like terrible. Goals he's led in the world juniors. Like I could make a five minute goal compilation of all the times where as a goalie coach, I'm like, you have to stop that. And he had the issue last year, right? With dropping his stick. Not that I I don't know if that was an issue. Like I'm not a goaltending expert. No, you're you're 100. That that seems to be that seems to be a bit of an issue when you drop your stick multiple times in the same (laughs) game. You know, (laughs) and and not to get a little bit uh, sidetracked, but the fact that. Uh, I know Alex saw this tweet, but I tweeted out during the World Juniors. I'm like, why do we still play with the trapezoid? Yeah, yeah. Like Mar- Martin Brodeur doesn't play in the NHL anymore, and he was <laughs> the only reason why the trapezoid existed. So that you, if you dumped the puck, he wouldn't just fire it back into your own end and create a two-on-one because he was that great of a puck handler, which he still is. Like I've seen video clips of him trying to train uh, New Jersey and St. Louis goalies on how to play the puck and. It, it's just one of those things. It's like it's like Gretzky coaching. It's like he just knows, and no one else right. can do it. Like, right. and then going back to the stick thing, like I think there is three goalies off the top of my head I can think of right now where, if they get rid of the trapezoid, they have an advantage, and one of them is basically going to be out of the league, and that's in Smith in Edmonton. He's one of the only good puck handling goalies, in my opinion, still left in the NHL. And then I think UC Saros is an underrated puck handler as a goalie as well. But yeah, like it just doesn't make any sense because honestly, I want more goals. And if you let the goalies go out and play the puck, there's going to be more goals. Like, I'm sorry. Like we can go back all the way to 2010 when uh, Roberto Longo, most people forget that's almost screwed over Team Canada by going out and playing a puck and then turning it over. And then that resulted in a goal and i don't know why you i don't know why you wouldn't i don't know why you wouldn't want that i don't know it's just as a goalie it's my campaign to get rid of the trapezoid it's it's in the shl league we can go all throughout europe they don't have the trapezoid and it's not like the play slow down if anything it keeps the play going because there's going to be less icing because the goalie is going to be more willing to go play the puck which will negate icing and i think it'll be funny because it will actually force goalies to work on their puck handling because all they have to do now is oh i'm gonna go out oh i'm gonna stop the puck i'm gonna skate back to my net oh i gotta go behind the net stop the puck oh my defense was coming go skate back to behind the net now if you do that i think especially in the younger levels like people who are 12 years old now one goalie is just gonna be like you know what i'm just gonna practice playing the puck five hours a week i'm just gonna go out on the ice i'm gonna play the puck i'm gonna be amazing at it and then if he has all the other skills to match up with that and be an NHL goalie, he's going to be amazing. And so I don't know why people are not rewarding skill 
and we're like hampering goalies because let's be real. 90% of them can't play the puck. Let's let the like five people that can actually play the puck. So I just quick thing. I've always, I remember like when Patrick wall in Colorado got called because he, he carried the puck over center ice. So let, let goalies be goalies. But speaking of goalies, um, funny enough, the guy who's chasing Patrick Wall for second all-time wins, it's Marc-Andre Fleury. Before we started recording, you mentioned to us, um, you're a big Fleury guy. Uh, you also mentioned, by the way, his playoff numbers. I looked them up quickly. Um, we know, of course, that regular season third, probably if he can keep going, retire second ahead of Wall and wins. Uh, but when it comes to playoffs, he is fourth all-time. He's two behind Grant Fear for third all-time. Just um, I just wanted to kind of ask because um, you kind of re- I look at Pittsburgh scenario with Flurry and him going to the expansion draft, and once Seattle was happening with Carey Price, I was on edge for like a week. Ask the guys, I was unbearable. Um, so there wasn't really that much of a secret that Flurry was going to Vegas for a while there. So as a big Flurry guy, what was that like for you? It was inner turmoil because I was like, I have so much Penguin stuff. I don't know if I can change teams at this point. <laughs> it was like, I was literally like looking around my room and I have so much Penguin stuff. I'm like, I think it's kind of a too much of a hard right to go to Vegas and become a Vegas fan. I also was just, you know, when you've been cheering for a team for so long, it was kind of hard. So that was the first thing. But the second thing was that Pittsburgh basically said to him, I'm like, hey man, Murray's our guy. Now, we can sit here and decide whether that's a good decision or a bad decision. Objectively, it was a bad decision. But at the end of the day, they, at least they had the decency to go to them and be like, look, man, um, you want to go to Vegas? You know, you want a fresh start? Because he was also the reason that they made it to that ceiling cup finals. It's kind of like Montreal last year. Flurry, like, sure, like, Carlson and a bunch of other guys before they made all these trades to get all the best players in the NHL on their team um, did help, but Flurry just carried them to that cup. Like I think he had like maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he had like a 3.40 save percentage in those playoffs. Uh, so I've never thought he's been a bad goalie. I think he's only gotten better with age. Personally, I think that you know a lot of people are saying that he's probably towards the end of his rope, but I still think despite his age, he's got a couple more years. Whether he's going to pass Grant Fuhrer for playoffs, it depends if he, if he gets traded or who he signs with next year because, I mean, Chicago's not making the playoffs. He's not going to... And if they do, they're not winning a game. So, I mean... Yeah. He's not going to be in Chicago for much longer. I, I hope not. That would just be wasting one of the best goalies of all times career in Chicago, just because Vegas needed to dump salary. Right. Oh, Alex, I, I you want to go ahead with the, the deadline, by the yeah, way? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you branched it before you didn't think the penguins were going to make the playoffs. I think obviously now looking at it, they're in a bit of a different situation um, where they're competing for a divisional spot. Are there, is there any, Guys, are there any parts of the team where you think that the, that they can go out and get a round trade deadline or even now? Like, I know it's January, but sometimes they get their moves done, moves done earlier. It's a good question. I think Nylander is one of those moves. I know yeah. I know it's kind of weird because he's playing Wilkes-Barre right now, yeah. and I expect him to play in Wilkes-Barre till 
Malkin comes back. And then I think that he's going to fit in on that second or third line. I mean, I wrote an article about it, which people can read and I can maybe plug that a little bit later. But yes. I, I, I think that Pittsburgh, kind of like Chicago of the early 2000s, has figured out that, hey, when you have two players that are so good that they bring up the value of other players, all we need to find is the right people to play with them. And they fail at times. Like getting Phil Kessel was an objectively bad decision because initially they're like, Phil, play with Sid. And then Sid was like, I can't play with Phil because he's slow (laughs) and he's not where I need him to be. And so then they tried him with Malkin. And then Malkin was like, I can play with him, but I'd rather not play with him because I actually hate his guts. Like there, I don't. I think a lot of people who don't follow Pittsburgh don't realize how much of inner turmoil there was between the top guys like Latang, Crosby, Malkin, and their joint hatred of Phil. Yeah, like there wasn't. Wasn't Malkin? No, no, wasn't Malkin going to be like? There was rumors that he wanted out. Or there was the referendum. It was either me or it's either me or Phil Kessel. And obviously they chose Evgeny Malkin, like rightfully so. (laughs) But like, that's crazy to me. I think the only reason that they could stand him in the same way that um, I don't know how many basketball fans we have listening to this podcast, but in the same way that the Bulls were able to stand um, Rodman was that he brought an innate skill Maybe it was that only that one skill. In Rodman's case, it was rebounding. In Phil's case, it was to be able to put the puck in the back of the net. That was hard to pass up. Sure, was he a pain in the ass? Yes. Is he on a market that no one cares about? Yes. So that we just don't hear about it anymore. Like, he's a pain in the ass. But I think, sorry, going back to... I'm just going all over the place today. Going, going back to Nylander, because we kind of went off topic there but i think he's gonna be the next guy that they bring in that you know is kind of washed up we'll say that will turn his career around it's and it's not because alex nylander has had a bad career like i'm pretty sure i mean i'm sorry my brain's kind of mush over the last couple of days because i've been worrying about a bunch of stuff and writing that article but i'm pretty sure he scored it was 32 points in 2019 2020 with Chicago Blackhawks, which in a third line, sorry, a third line role is pretty good on a okay Chicago team, and then he's been at least a half a point a game of the AHL in his career, and he's only played eighty NHL games, so he's hasn't even played a full NHL season yet worth of games. But it would be the most Pittsburgh thing ever for them to trade for Alex Nylander and him to succeed, because it's I get he's a top ten pick. Right. there, he's a former top 10 pick, but he's had what we would consider a struggling start in Buffalo and Chicago, which at the, aren't the best franchises at the moment. And but it would be so Pittsburgh for him to work there like um, I, Teddy Bluger, like just out of nowhere came out and it's like, yep, I guess he's OK now. And then if, if you want to go even farther back, we can go to Zach Aston Reese and yeah. Brian Rust, who were. Call, pretty sure Brian Rust wasn't even drafted. He was a college free agent that they signed. And man, if you want to learn something from a from these cup teams, sign college free agents. 
they are so underrated. I think it's maybe in the last couple of years, teams are taking these players higher in the draft because, you know, because of teams like Pittsburgh who have been great college hockey scouts. Like they've had great college hockey scouts for the last decade and have taken a full advantage of, you know, a lot of these teams sleeping on their own teams in their backyard. Like how many of these major sports cities have a major college hockey team? Even Arizona state now has one of the better hockey college hockey teams in the country. So, I mean, I think that, and then they also make really savvy signings. Like I, you know, this is also going to sound really funny, but I was really high on the Evan Rodriguez signing even before he stepped on the ice. Hasn't that worked? (laughs) And it's, it's been like amazing. Like, do I want him to be our first sign center, which he was for a month? No, I really, really don't, but he's been great. And like, for that reason, I think they're kind of done in a sense. Like, I don't, like I look at this team and I think they are what they are. They're going to be up against the cap as it is. Cause they only have $5 million and they have, I think it's like Malka makes about nine. And I know that it's like five for Zucker and they're both out. And so they're going to have to find a way to squeeze everyone in. So I don't know how much many, how much more moves they can make. Uh, the only thing I would say is maybe a backup goalie. Uh, DeSmith has been bad like we've already talked about and uh, so bad that uh, Jari on his one day off had to come in, in that eight, six game against San Jose. So Pittsburgh didn't blow the winning streak, which uh, I'm going to tell you right now, for most part of the season, it's been a joy to watch the Penguins, but that game was like, I was kind of like the kid where he's like, you close your eyes, but then you kind of like have to peel them open because, because <laughs> you want to see what's happening, but you don't at the same time. You're just like, it, it's just a complete mess with with uh, DeSmith. I'm not saying that, you know, he maybe couldn't turn around and become the great backup that he has been in past. Like, there was a time a couple years ago where DeSmith and Jari were fighting for the starting spot. Like, Jari or DeSmith played so well behind Fleury when, uh, when Murray got injured in that one playoff in that one season. And when he had to leave, also when he had to leave because of his dad's death, which was... I think maybe part of the reason, like I'm not a psychiatrist, but I still think it's part of the reason he's not found his game is because of that. But ever since then, DeSmith has taken advantage of every opportunity except for this season to be able to play in the NHL. He's another guy, college hockey free agent, I'm pretty sure, that they just picked up and has been a pretty good goaltender. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what, they do because I didn't expect them to get Jeff Carter. And I was also really high on that Jeff Carter trade last year. Cause I think that Jeff Carter is the perfect third or fourth line center, depending on how you view this team this year, because you know, you both him and Rodriguez are the reason why the penguins are ninth. And maybe they've dropped since their loss yesterday. I haven't checked the standings, but ninth in the NHL right now. And this also has to do with the fact that why all these misfits I like to call them the Island of Misfit Toys, Pittsburgh, because they are in, they have all the rivers around them and they just get random players and they start playing good. I think the greatest examples of all time is Pascal Dupuis and uh, Chris Kunitz, but like players like that, they just, they just have a good system. And part of that's Mike Sullivan, in my opinion, being the Jack Adams winner this year, because he went a month without having either of his top players and they were well above 500. Now, you could argue that, you know, Jari's saved their ass and that's part of the reason why they've been so good. 
which I would 100% agree with. But I think if you look at every Jack Adams winner, not one of them has had a below subpar goalie backing them up. It's just the way the NHL works. Is that doesn't don't I really don't care what you do. Uh, I think a line I heard is that you know you can have the All Star team playing in front of you, but if you're like Joe Schmo from the beer league in an NHL game, you're gonna lose. Yeah. Unless, unless it's Dave, unless it's David Ayers, unless it's David Ayers, then I guess you. You can win. I, I had thought, to go there, Alex. What was that for? I thought we were cool. What's the? What's all this? What was that one for? That would hurt. That would hurt. But, but uh, I mean, I mean, Jake it's Allen weird. for Sam Poulin. Let's make it happen. Let's make it yeah, happen. I, to to like take twenty minutes to answer your question. I don't know what move they make, unless you guys have like want to throw a trade my way that you think they should make, like backup goalie. But then, what backup goalie do I want at this point? Like. Flurry, but I'm not trading for Flurry again because I, he's not going to be my backup again. That's not what he wants. Yeah, no. That's the honestly, that was the reason why Chicago got him. Uh, what I was hearing from a lot of the Pittsburgh uh, reporters was that Pittsburgh was willing to give Chicago more or Vegas more than what Chicago gave them if if he would be willing to come as a backup. Uh, that was no joke. Like there was strong reports about that. But Flurry was like, you know, I love Pittsburgh. It's great, but I'm still a starting goalie. In his mind, he is still a starting goalie. So he's not going to go anywhere that is going to make him a backup. And if he, and then they do do that, he's going to ride out the rest of the season and then he's going to retire. He almost retired because they sent him to Chicago as a yeah. starter. So yeah. you imagine saying, I'm going to acquire the Vesna winning goaltender, but he has to be the backup. I love that. Um, just a few rapid fire things before we let you go because you've been very generous with your time. First off, this was an age old troll I threw Alex's way when we first started the show. So obviously Chris Kunitz, I think has, is it four cups or three? Um, you know what? It's been a while since I've checked. I think it's three cups. I could be wrong. The, yeah. Cause there's the Anaheim one in there. Okay, yeah. I think so, it's, I think it's, he three has cups. four. He has four. He oh has four? God. That's yeah. hilarious. Okay, Alex, I need to do me a favor. Yeah. So uh, do you have like his Wikipedia up of all his like awards and that? I have his hockey reference up, yeah. Hockey, okay, so that has his, his overall points too, right? Yeah. Okay, so here's what I'm going to throw your way here, Curtis. Let me just quickly get this up because um, it's a bit, a bit cheeky here. So I'm going to read you the stats of two different players. Well, you know Chris Kunis, but I'll have Alex read you his, his, his uh, qualifications here. Okay, so... This player has an Olympic gold. Fair enough. This player has a world junior gold. I'm pretty sure he does. I actually could be wrong there. Let, let, let's also make clear that uh, a lot of people have reported that management did not want Chris Kunitz on that team. The That's guy named the, 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 the guy that wanted him on that team is the name Sidney Crosby. Apparently, he vouched very hard for Chris Kunitz to be on that team, which, you know, in hindsight, you know, I don't disagree with management. I'm like, hey, man, we could get like young Steven Stamkos to go on the wing for you. Like, and if we also look at the 2010 Olympics, Sid didn't really do so hot scoring points. So, I, I mean, you know, I think Chris we could forgive that for the, for the golden goal, though. Chris Kunitz did score a goal, though, in that tournament. I remember that vividly. So, so sorry, just to go back to it. So, um, so actually, Alex, just just read me all of Chris Kunitz's awards and that, 
Give me his point totals and and finish it with how many cups he has. And I'm going to read this other guy. Uh, so he has zero awards. He's a one-time all-star. A thousand and twenty-two games played, two hundred and sixty-eight goals, three hundred and fifty-one point uh, assists. Sorry, for six hundred and nineteen points, and he's a four-time Cup winner. And he also scored the goal that sent them to the twenty seventeen finals. Never forget. Okay, yep. compared to someone who I think he might have an Olympic gold, the World World Cup of Hockey in there, a World Juniors gold too. He's never won the cup. He's never been outside the first round. He only has 853 points. That's not too bad. 902 games played. Who deserves how to be many in the Hall of Fame Wait, wait. More? How many goals? How many assists? Uh, 378 goals, 475 assists. That's not awful. Uh, having a very good year this year. Who deserves to be in the Hall of Fame more? Chris Kuhn, that's a real winner, or this other guy? I'm not, not going <laughs> to tell you the name of. I'm going to get a lot of hot takes, but I think cups matter very little to your Hall of Fame. Oh, okay. Thought you were going to take my side there. So you're going to say the, the, the guy with 900 points or 853, right? Yeah, because if we, okay, if we do logic of only cups, then guys like, oh, sorry, let me think in my head. Like, didn't uh, Guy Lafer only win one cup? Did he even win a cup? I don't think Lafer? he did. I, I, without looking, he probably won a, a few. And he, would, he definitely he won was, a lot of cups. Five, five. Yeah, okay, he was probably mind. in the was, 70 cups. There, there, okay. there is a Montreal Canadian that was really good that I'm blanking his name right now that never won a cup. Probably Saku. Okay, we could go Saku. Do okay, you think Saku is a Hall of Famer? No. Patrick Maroon has three cups, by the way. I'm just saying that maybe there's an argument that Chris Kuhn that should be in the Hall of Fame over John Tavares. Okay, and I will Jordan McCaw. <laughs> okay, wait, wait. Curtis, you'll, you'll know this one. Jordan McCaw, right? He played for the Raptors and the Warriors. <laughs> Minimal player. He has three rings. Okay, so it, the difference between Chris Kunitz and Macaw is the fact that Chris Kunitz actually plays on the yeah. ice a decent No, 100%. 100%. But at the same point, um, you know, I'm, I might make a lot of enemies here, but there's a lot of inductions in the last couple of years, and I'm like, ooh, this is becoming the Hall of okay compared to the Hall of Greats. Like, I'm like, no offense, I know he's a good player. He got shadowed by a lot of good players, but Kevin Lowe um, no. wasn't in the Hall of Fame for me. No, me neither. Um, by I the way, I got to correct myself because I forgot that Tavares, I think he was one who scored the game. Send, like When the Islanders beat Florida in seven, I think he got the series winner. I forgot about that, but it's the Islanders pre, uh, pre-Lamorello. Who, who cares? Okay, next, quick question here. But yeah, Where? I think if John Tavares doesn't win a Stanley Cup, like Jerome McGinley never won a cup. Jerome McGinley is the best power forward of all time in the NHL, I would argue. You're not taking him out because he didn't win a cup. I think cups had your chances. But I think that if you also, Chris Kunitz doesn't have over 300 goals. If someone in the Hall of Fame that's not a defenseman has over 300 goals that isn't from 19 tickety two, uh, like, Get, get that out of my face. I'm sorry. Like, Chris Kuditz does not deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. He's a perfectly fine NHL player. I respect him a lot. You know, it takes, there's something said for winning four cups, you know. But also, as Marion Hosa said to me in person this year, it's also a lot about luck. Because look, he flip flopped two years and didn't win a cup either of those years. Yep. He yeah, went from went the team that him. lost to the team that lost the next year. So, 
Is it all about the player? No, it's about the team that you're on. So in the same way that I feel like a lot of the 80s Oilers are kind of getting this like shuffle pass into the Hall of Fame, which I think is ridiculous. I I don't want that to happen, even if it is a player that as a child I had fond memories of. I don't think Chris Kunitz should make it into the Hall of Fame. I will never get over that they named the 80s Oilers the best team of all time. You get like, no, it's not. Uh, anyway, um, of course, I'm going to ask this to a Pens fan. Does Ovi break the goal record? Yes. Okay, very good. Very good. Where were you when Kuznetsov scored the game six goal? Where was I? Oh, I was in a parking lot in Guelph because I was I was dropping someone off and I had my phone. I'm, this is illegal, so I'm sorry. I had my phone tilted up on my dashboard and I was watching the game sort of as I was driving, like at red lights, I would look down and have a look at it. And yeah, I was in a parking lot. I think it was like the Walmart parking lot in Guelph because my, my sister used to work at Walmart and I was dropping her off and that's uh, where I watched it, which is really random, but yeah. Oh, fair enough. What a great moment. Uh, I was in an emergency room because I had sprained my ankle. Uh, anyway, uh, that was great. That was great. Love that. Me and the nurse I was watching the game with could not believe our eyes. Uh, okay, Malk and Latang, are they both Penguins next year? Because obviously they're both UFAs. Malkin, yes. Latang, yes. If, but I want to preface this quickly because I know this is supposed to be rapid fire. If they were below 500 right now, uh, Latang would have already been traded. Fair enough. Okay, this will be the last one for me before I throw it to Alex. Um, you're obviously a photographer for Rams, which for those of you who don't know, that's our school's sort of the title for the athletics and that. Rams, woo. Let's see, have my We Are Rams shirt on underneath this, but whatever. I don't even, I'm not even rocking. I'm rocking Kent University, which is a random university that my mom went to in the, in the US. So shout out Kent University. There <laughs> we go. Um, so being a sports photographer, what's that like? And a follow up that you can maybe say afterwards. Do you have any cool moments that you think you've captured that you'd like to mention? Oh. Okay, the second part's tough. Uh, there's, there's been a, despite the fact that like I haven't shot NHL games or NBA games, I'll put it out there like that. I haven't done any of that stuff. I've had some pretty cool moments. I think the coolest moment was uh, I have a pretty good picture of the first ever goal for the Toronto Six in Toronto, which is a pretty wow. special moment. Um, I, I'm going to get that picture framed uh, I'm in the process of getting it printed professionally. So hopefully maybe if I come back on the podcast, if you have me back on, we'll yep. see it in the background at that point. Hopefully I can make sure that's set up in the background so that the viewers can see it, but that's got to be the most special moment. Also, because I am a big advocate right now for uh, women's hockey. I hope that the NHL creates a WNHL at some point. Um, I'm not, okay, that, that being said, you know, uh, the PHF is doing a good job with what they can to, try to create that league. So I, I could do a whole podcast on the issue of women's hockey, but I'm not going to diverge into it. And then being a sports photographer, I think the way I say it to most people and why I enjoy it so much, like is that you have no control. Like when I shoot, it's kind of an out of body experience. Like if someone came up to me in the middle of a basketball game, was like, what's the score? I would have to look up the scoreboard. I have no idea. Right. I have no idea who's winning, who's losing because all my mind's always like, okay, so Especially in basketball, um, I I don't know Adam if you watch a lot of basketball, but I know that Alex does. Basketball is a lot of like, you know, there's windows, especially with like defense, and like so you're just my whole mind's always like, 
okay, I need to get this shot in this window or else there's going to be a guy blocking me. And that's the same with hockey. It's like, oh, this guy's coming down the wing. I need to get the shot. It's all about like kind of mentally getting the shot. And then when you get the shot, it's like the best experience in the world. And I think it's, I don't know. I just think it's a dying art with, you know, cell phone cameras, the, the fact that someone can go out with a, DCL, a DCLR and take great photos is dying. And there's a lot of good people that I've been able to work with, uh, like Josh Kim, who's also at Ryerson. And then, uh, and uh, Julian, who's now working for the NHL, who's a great videogra- videographer. So I had the privilege of working with guys like that. And yeah, it's just been great. I love it. You know what? I, I remember I used to have like, I think most, it feels like it's a necessary thing to have for a hockey fan, a picture of the famous Bobby Orr goal. But like you mentioned windows and I can imagine talking about a Toronto moment when Kawhi took the shot in those few seconds, how many photos were taken? Like how many different, like, like you said, talk about capturing a moment in that. That's something I've always, like, I like thinking about You're You also like, I remember used to be a big wrestling guy. Like when you'd see like a wrestler do their finisher and you'd see the flashes everywhere in the arena. It's one of those cool visuals in sports too. And you know what? It's, it's honestly good on you for doing it because you know, that's a, I think that's an underrated part of, of, uh, of sport, but it's a cool one. I not to sidetrack us. Cause I've been doing that a lot this episode and I apologize. I feel really, I, for all the audience, I want to give, a, like a clap for Alex because editing this podcast is going to be a complete mess. It's going to be like two hours long at this point. So I feel bad for him. It's okay. But uh, personally, my favorite shots are always the Muhammad Ali shots. And I know those are classic and those are, you know, big deal. But like, we also have to think like when I take a photo, I instantly know what it looks like. And when those guys took those photos, they're like, okay, I hope that worked out. And they went right. back and had to like, put them in a dark room and like do all the chemical stuff to them, which also I, my dad's been a professional photographer for a while and he was doing it back then too. Cause you know, he's older than I am and <laughs> digital technology hasn't always been around, yeah. but uh, he taught me how to do it. And it is very easy to ruin a photo, even if it's good by doing that process. So I give the most respect to the old time photographers. If honestly, a really big goal of mine would be to find some of the uh, remaining surviving photographers that did a lot of the film photography in the eighties and seventies, and even back to the sixties, if that's possible and sitting down doing a podcast series with them and talking about that. Cause I don't know it's kind of a nerdy thing, but it's one of those things where I really like to talk to those people. So, I mean, yeah. we'll see, but yeah. You can do a whole thing and like, like edit in all their shots and that, that can be like a really cool, like you should do that. That sounds yeah. like a really good idea. I might have to. I, I mean, I'll, I'll be on. I'll be honest with you guys. I say all this stuff, and then I get sidetracked and really busy, and uh, half of well, them never you, happen. But you know what? Now that you you're on, our, Daniel, who again is not here, does a lot of that stuff, and we cost, constantly pester him about stuff. So next time we have you on, we're definitely going to pester you about that because that is a legit <laughs> cool thing to do. Alex, go ahead. Um, obviously, in the last couple of weeks, or not even two weeks ago. Um, there was those restrictions that they put in Ontario again. Uh, one of them was they were closing training facilities and gyms. And then obviously was that there was that list of exemptions um, for certain leagues. And I, I don't remember all of them off the top of my head, but I do remember that 
the OUA was left off the professional and elite amateur list, which is ironic considering the OUA does send Olympians. So it's like they're not elite amateur. And as a photographer for an OUA team, I imagine you have some insight on on how hard they work and how hard they train. Like when you saw that, like what was your initial reaction? First, I want to say that it's so ironic that they're not considered elite when um, you've seen a lot of the men's hockey players flock to the ECHL now signing contracts once right. they think that the season's over. Like, it's also going to root like the fact that that happened in a lot of I know ECL, ECHL contracts are kind of one of those things where you can drop in, drop out, and some of these players can come back to U Sports under my knowledge from what I understand. And I don't want to get too much into that stuff because if you want to talk about that, talk to Ben Steiner because he knows all about that. And yeah. he's, I, I do want to give him credit, first of all, because he's the guy that's on top of all this. So I do want to shout him out quick. But he was on Tim and Sid, eh? Yes, he was. He's, I'm, I like that guy. He's great. He's really fun to talk to. But like, yeah, going back to your question, it's heartbreaking because uh, I like to think that I've, gained some good relationships with some of the athletes you know it's kind of tough because i don't want to be in their way because that's not the type of guy i am and kind of be there do my work you know if they want to chat to me i'm definitely open to chatting with them but yeah like an example i can give an anecdote i can give is uh during like photo day which we do every year for all the athletes to get their headshots put up on the website and i have to do the photos for that along with some of the other photographers those those people like they do that. And then right after that, they either had training right before that, or, and then they're going to work out right after that. Or it's the other way around. Like we just had training in the gym and now we're going to go work out. Like I, who I feel bad for the most. And it's not to say that any of these teams can do this, but uh, our women's basketball team is currently undefeated right now and is ranked top five in the country. And we have some great players on that team and some girls that are, I'm th- pretty sure entering their last year or two. I don't know with the exemption last year and the extensions, if they can come back after the season, but um, it's, it's been a really fun team to watch and I hope to cover them more take photos of them more. Uh, they've been great to me. I've gotten to travel on a couple of bus trips with them and they're a lot of fun to be around. So I just feel bad for all those athletes and it's not just Ryerson. It's U uh, of G. I've done a lot of work. I know a lot of people that are in the football world for youth sports and you know, this, is heartbreaking because it shows you that people don't really take U sports seriously. And I think that's something that really should change because we've seen a lot of U sports athletes in the football side move to division one NCAA and that just shows that they're elite athletes. So, you know, Doug Ford, uh, smarten up, let them practice, let them play. Cause I, the sad thing is, is like as much as it sucked that the OUA shut down for this month, if they don't change this for all the listeners at home, they're not going to be able to play even when the OUA wants to play. The government's just going to say no. So hopefully we get back. Um, I will, I do understand why I don't want to be like that guy. That's like, Oh, you know, code's not a big deal because uh, I will admit I got COVID over the break because you know, Christmas oh. and all that kind of stuff. It, it wasn't too bad luckily for me, but so I mm-hmm. do understand it. It's just, if you're letting like elite high school basketball academies play and like, why aren't you letting university athletes play? That's just my thing. That's very fair. Well, at least we can walk through a mall, though, right? So, 
That's, oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, we can walk through the Eden Center. Yay. <laughs> I, everyone who, because I live downtown right now, everyone's like, oh, you must love having the Eden Center near you. I'm like, I hate going to the Eden Center. It's a yeah. zoo all the time. Oh, it's, yeah. it's poorly laid out. It's just a mess. Like, I hate that. I, it's underratedly a terrible design for a mall. It is. <laughs> I was back, right? Like the few days before, um, like it would have been a few days before Christmas, wasn't it, Alex? Like yeah. the three of us met up to see Spider-Man and it was my first time in the Eden Center uh, during COVID. I was just like, and I'm like, what's happening here? Anyway, um, again, chef, chef kiss of a movie. by the way. Oh, my <laughs> yes. God. Oh. Listen, I just, Fantastic. oh, goodness gracious. It was amazing. It was. Um, oh. so we, we won't spoil it because there is people that haven't watched it yet. But <laughs> I feel bad for anyone who has to see it. Or I don't even know. Are, are theaters open still, or no, is it just no? They're closed. Okay, no. It was like it was like a week where you could, but it was like restricted attendance. I feel bad yeah, for I, anyone who didn't see it with a full theater. Yeah, well. you yeah. couldn't. You couldn't eat popcorn, which was really weird. Oh, it was so disappointing. Anyway, but That's hey, okay. great movie, amazing stuff. Um, Curtis, you have been very gracious with your time. Um, we'll say goodbye to you in a second, off thingy. But um, before we end the recording with you, go ahead. Plug all your gubs, making them where people can find you, all that type of stuff. Um, so I guess if you want my social media, you can find me on Twitter at cmartin387. If you want to hear nerdy goalie facts and talk about, listen to me talk about the trapezoid and, you know, complain about officiating the NHL, you can follow me there. Uh, I also have a Blue Jays podcast that I do with my uh, friend, Tyler Prozick, who's also in our program called The Blue Jays Away. We've had some great guests on. I can kind of tease that we're going to have some industry professionals coming on to join us in January, later this month, and then also in February. So really excited to get back at that. And then also I run a student website called Overline Sports. You can find that at www.overlinesports.ca. have my article up there. We have a bunch of different people from the university and out of the university that work for us. So, you know, it's a great place if you want to work on your writing want to get some hours in you can definitely hit me up or just dm one of the uh, otl accounts but yeah that's all i got and i just want to thank you guys for letting me rant because when you're the host you can't rant you just you have to let the guests speak and i i haven't thoroughly enjoyed going down the penguins rabbit hole i don't know how much we talked about the actual current penguins which is fine because i honestly find the old penguins kind of more interesting but i i really appreciate you guys having me on no worries. Um, now, when we come back, we're going to do, there's been an update with the Habs GM search. Um, we're going to talk about Evander Kane because there's another chapter there, people. Uh, we're going to have a note about Joe Thornton because he's uh, approaching a great milestone. And there's been some breaking news with the Coyotes where they're going to play next year. Nobody knows. Uh, we will be back in a second. Alex. Adam. We're back for a third time. We're still here. Yeah. How are you? Still good, I hope. I'm still good. I haven't really changed. That's good. That's very good to hear. <laughs> you want to know what uh, some breaking news happened while we were recording? Did you see? Uh, <laughs> which thing? There's about like three of them, I think. Um, the, 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 the thing that I noticed was that Evander Kane uh, cleared waivers. Yes, yes, I did see that. No, I saw uh, they postponed Tampa Bay and New Jersey. Oh, yeah. Um, and then Ottawa and the Oilers got moved to next weekend because Edmonton got more cases. I think yeah? yes, that is a low key a mess. Uh, do you think there, there are Oilers fans waiting to have a, to like toss their jerseys on the ice? 
Didn't they already do that? Yeah, well, you can. I guess you can toss more than what. Yeah, I'm sure there are. um, But I don't I don't know the restrictions in Alberta. But as soon as there are fans who are sitting right close to the ice, I guarantee you there will be a jersey. Okay, uh, we were talking about the Habs. Two quick things before we can move, like before uh, Curtis came on. Uh, two things with the Habs we can mention. First off, uh, condolences to the Edmondson family. Uh, Joel's father had passed away. We know he'd been battling cancer for a while. Uh, human side of the game, Alex. If you remember, when Joel Edmondson, uh, I never shut up about this, but I don't remember if I said this to you off the podcast or on it a few times, but probably everywhere. Uh, Joel Edmondson's father was a Habs fan. Uh, like, you know, before Joel obviously got into the NHL. So it was a big thing for him that he got to see Joel in a Habs uniform, got to see him go to the cup final, obviously got to see his son win a cup with St. Louis. Um, so you, you you would hope that at least, you know what, once he went, you know, you knew he was going to be proud of his son. So, and we knew that Joel Edmondson was taking time away for the team for it. So just a thing for them. And um, yeah, Joel's this to the family. It's a real shame. Um and then other Habs news. Uh, this is from Eric Angles yesterday. Uh, with the first round of Habs GM interviews done, the hope is to name Mark Bergevin's successor within the next two weeks. First off, I love how he had to mention Bergevin's name there. God damn it. Uh, don't believe interviews for finalists have been booked yet, but believe um, notifications to go out in the next couple of days. Second interviews could begin early this coming week. First interviews um, were hold, heard, held virtually, some uh, for longer than 90 minutes. Believe there's a desire to have some in-person meetings for the second round. Um, R- Renault Lavoie was also talking about, apparently Patrick Waugh's interview was on Friday, I think, which sounds like he was probably the last one. And we were joking before we started recording that he will probably be in the finalist uh, category just to distract the media. Uh, because they all want him to be GM, but uh, is it? Yeah. I, so I mean, you'd probably have a better gauge of it um, than I do. But I've I only see a lot of the Hab stuff that comes across my timeline as angles, as you know, Julian McKenzie, um, Arpan Basu, and sometimes Mark Antoine Godin. But like, is it a popular thing amongst the media that they think Patrick Wash should be GM? Like. It's Why? it's weird. So first off, <laughs> listening to Thirty Two Thoughts and then listening to this the Chris, uh, the Chris Johnson show yeah. is on one hand you hear like American Friedman go about Kent Hughes the candidate, right? Saying like, oh, he's the guy. But then you hear CJ talk about Matthew Darsh being the guy, and then you have the French media who very much have been Patrick Waugh because it, he's just the biggest story with it, unfortunately. So first off, that tells me no one actually knows what's going on. It's just pure speculation, which happens with markets like Montreal. But it, it definitely feels like, um, and we knew earlier in the process, it was a lot of English media talked about Danny Briere. Uh, but it feels like a lot of the French media have been really hammering home wah. A few of them have been going for uh, Stefan Quintel. No. Um, but yeah, it's definitely been, wah has been the biggest headline for obvious reasons. But <laughs> I can't see him getting the job. I Can you? No, no. I mean, I said it when the rumors started. I'm like, I just don't see looking at Jeff Gordon and then looking at Patrick Waugh are there. They seem to me like two complete different personalities. So to put them in the same organization together, wouldn't make sense to me. I, I wouldn't get it either. Biggest story the last few days, though. Evander Kane. 
Uh, we know he has cleared waivers for the purpose of commentating. Uh, sorry, not commentating. We're commentating about the fact that his contract's about to get terminated. Uh, the PA will be, of course, appealing this process. Makes sense. Uh, considering Evander Kane is $22 million floating in the air right now. Apparently, it's due with him breaking AHL COVID protocol. For those of you who don't remember, he's been with the Barracuda, not the Sharks. Or sorry, the Barracuda Sharks, not the San Jose Sharks. Um, and apparently, he flew to Vancouver while positive for COVID-19. It feels almost as if they were waiting for something. I thought faking the passport, the, the vaccine passport, was going to get his contract done. I wonder if this was just a, they were waiting for one more thing with Evander Kane because it feels like they were waiting for a reason. Yeah, no, they, it, that's definitely what it felt like to me as well. And I'm going to mention it. Daniel, Not I don't remember what episode it was on, but Daniel did mention when we were talking about Evander Kane that his thought was – uh, closer to the trade deadline that Evander Kane would be put on waivers for contract termination and then a team would pick him up, which seeming that's what seems like going to happen. Like I think Friedman didn't mention that if Evander Kane hits UFA, uh, it becomes a free agent that there are multiple teams interested in him, uh, which doesn't surprise me. It's just, I just, can someone help this guy? Uh, it's, for stuff like the gambling problem, you want him to get help. For stuff like this, I, I for breaking protocols, it seems to be the guy just the second that we know of COVID through the loophole he's tried to pull, you lose sympathy really quickly. And I don't think Evander Kane had a lot of sympathy to begin with. I feel like we were too kind to him at points in the show. Uh, who the heck is going to like? Who are these teams? Who are thinking of this? Vancouver, St. Louis, who are the tough guys? Anaheim, well, maybe. It's not. It's not going to be a Canadian team, I imagine. I like, yeah, I don't see Toronto are very strict with that moral stuff. I don't think Montreal can afford the PR thing. Oh, uh, I, I'm assuming yeah. you mean with COVID. Probably, I mean right? because of COVID. Like this is yeah. the second time this season COVID has become an issue for Evander Kane, and considering the, um direction that the Canadian government and the provinces have taken. I just can't see a team risking signing, signing him right now. The sources are telling you he's going to Chicago. (laughs) I mean, like, I don't know what to say about Evander Kane because it's just a little disappointing. It's strike number six. This year, the double turkey, should we say, for your bowling fans out there? Is that a term? Double turkey? <laughs> I, I don't know. Double decker turkey? I don't we'll know. We'll go with it. We'll, we'll go with that. No, it's, again, like, just things that you please for the please just get help. For like, your kid's sake. For your kid's sake. Yeah. Sort your life out, man. And like, again, Mike, and I'm not, I don't want to compare the two situations, but when we talked about Logan Mayu, we said, we said, or I said personally that the Montreal Canadians did not allow him to, to better himself by himself. Mm -hmm. They, They forced him in a way that now he has to do it. 
There's no if, ands, or buts. He was drafted and he has to do it. He didn't, he wasn't allowed to redeem himself. And I I think it's similar to Kane here. Now we like I think if Kane just please, if he got gets help and he fixes it, fixes what he's done. Like there's clearly issue. There's clearly some some type of issues here. And a team's gonna sign him and, and it's kind of just gonna go away. For anyone wondering, why would they why why would a team touch him? Because he's good. Remember when the Brandon Leipzig stuff happened and people were, for those of you who don't know, Brandon Leipzig was banished from the league because he had some very misogynistic DMs leak. Uh, and people were making the point, I don't think these were fair points, and I don't agree with the stuff. He, I thought he was a dirtbag. But there was that sense of, if this was Alex Ovechkin, for example, does he get thrown out of the league? Of course not. The thing with Evander Kane is if some of the accusations and accusations and then stuff that has been proven like this COVID, well, he will deny this COVID stuff apparently, but um, you know, stuff like his faking the vaccine stuff that he did earlier this year and he got suspended for like three months because of it. Um, if that noise was around the fourth line winger, well, yeah, they're going to be overseas playing by this point. But because Evander Kane is a very good player, a top line player in this league, capable of 30 goals if he really puts it all together in a year, Unfortunately, yeah, someone's going to sign him. You love mentioned Logan Mayu. I forgot to put on the dock here because it was I was so angry about it. But all the French reporters praising his game, his debut uh, for London. When I was, uh, yeah, I think it was his first official London Knights game. But yeah, I was getting really annoyed about that. It's like what a game from Logan Mayu. I was like, shut up. There's been, there was more. Agree with me. I want to know if if you agree with me here. There was more attention around. Um, I think his debut for London and praising his game, then there was criticism once he was reinstated from certain reporters. You know what I mean? From the media? Maybe it's because I follow more of the French and have beat more, but I was seeing a lot more from those guys about his game than obviously mentioned to Jeff Gordon when he was hired, um, criticizing the OHL's decision when he was reinstated. I'm just seeing yeah. a lot around the positivity of him as a player, which is a reason he was projected to go in the first round. But when it comes to showing if there's any real regret with the kid, a lot of people have been silent talking about it. Um, I mean, f- from my perspective, uh, the only person I saw talking about Logan Mayu's game was Grant McCaig. Um, <laughs> so, but I also... To, I guess agree with your point. I have not really seen anyone talk about him being reinstated. So no, like uh, I, I think you're right in that sense. Reporters like Jonathan Bernier, not it's so annoying that there is a French reporter named Jonathan Bernier and there is a goalie named Jonathan <laughs> Bernier. They're different people, but like Jonathan Bernier, I know was live tweeting. I'm like, what am I looking at? Um, I'd say to add to your point, I think there was a lot more people just plainly talking about the game than when he was reinstated, like at all, like positive or negative. I think there were more people talking about the game than when he was reinstated, which I'd argue him being reinstated actually might be a bigger story. Here's how I can describe it to you. My when that game was going on, it was like a Habs game in my Twitter feed. Because you know how once a game is going, yeah. then Twitter sort of filters your feed a certain way. It was yeah. like that. 
Um, wow. Where can we go from here, Alex? Is yeah, Vander Kane. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Um, something that's actually kind of cool um, is what's going on with the HDA right now and their new campaign with Budweiser. Uh, this racism, no place in the game tape that's coming out. Uh, first off, powerful trailer. Yeah. This is with the news. There's a bit of unfortunate stuff with this, and that is um, Keegan Mitchell, who is a player in, I think he's a PEI player. I can't remember the exact league, um, but he's been suspended because he criticized social media. I'm sorry. He, uh, criticized officials and their response to a racist incident involving a teammate of his criticized the league is indefinitely suspended from, a, um, he's not in good standing, which means he's suspended from all activities, um, sanctioned by the governing body of hockey in the province. Um, and it, it has to do with a anti-Asian comment made towards one of his teammates from um, a player on the Vipers, who are another PEI team. I'm not familiar with the PEI league, unfortunately, Alex. Um, and obviously, Mitchell hasn't been in the public very thinking about what exactly was said, except that he went to the player, called him out for saying a racist remark, and he had no place in the game. Um, now, the reason I kind of bring these two together here is I just kind of see a mirror image here. But you, you know how at like those amusement parks, there's the distorted kind of mirror? Yeah. So I see the HDA, and I see this is a really cool thing they're doing um, with Budweiser. This great sort of initiative, right? And how good it could be if they were associated with the NHL. And I see this league in the, in the country. I know everyone kind of laughs at PEI because they're this little island off and out east. But, you know, one of our major provinces, you know what I mean? Um, and this small league. And a player gets suspended for stepping up for his teammate without it, it's not even a fight type thing. It's calling out someone for not dealing with racism. And it's just this sort of broken, distorted mirror of hockey and its image. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think I want to get to, cause there's something, I don't know if you've seen Rick Westhead's article about the not, HDA no. stuff. I I'll read you some stuff from that. Cause it's quite interesting, but we'll get to that afterwards. Okay. Um, so, I, I really think it is Bush League that this guy, the, the, this kid got suspended indefinitely for criticizing the league and the officials. Like I, I, I get it to, I, I get having that rule. I think this is very much abusing that rule. I think that's an, that's abusing the rule that you put in place. Like, yes, there's, certain things about a league that shouldn't that you probably should not be out there saying, but I don't think this is anywhere close to crossing the line. Um, and not that it took much research, but I looked hockey PEI is a branch of hockey Canada, which doesn't surprise me. If I am hockey Canada, I am looking at this and I am plainly embarrassed because we already know hockey Canada is practically a boys club. Like they call it what it is. You know what I mean? Um, I think they should be embarrassed by what has happened. And no late, no longer than a day later, the HDA campaign comes up. You know, do you want to go ahead and read this Westhead stuff? Then? Yeah. So obviously there was the HDA campaign. Um, and I don't know if you noticed, but 
the players were not wearing their NHL jerseys. Oh, no. So this is in here. This is from the Rick Westhead article. Uh, Akeem Aliou said the NHL repeatedly rejected requests to work with Budweiser Canada. By the way, Budweiser, a major sponsor uh, for the NHL and the HDA to create the spot. Uh, quote, over a year ago, Budweiser reached out to the NHL and the NHLPA and told them about the spot and that it wanted and that it wanted to include current NHL players. Aliou said there were more than a dozen conversations and in every one, the NHL said it didn't want to work with the HDA. So we're not allowed to be in any any NHL branded gear in their spot. The league is saying the current guys like Wayne, you can't wear the Jersey, the pettiness and smallness is so sad. It's another rock bottom for the NHL instead, um, instead of Wayne Simmons, right? Yeah. Wayne Simmons. Sorry. sorry, Instead of NHL jerseys, players in the ad wear black and white uniforms with the HDA's logo. You know what? I didn't notice that. Obviously, I noticed it wasn't their thingy jerseys. I thought that was just a like a statement type thing. But that is very that's another wrinkle in the NHL. That's just unacceptable. Why are they so why are they so stubborn? Because it's it's run by I got to be careful what I say here, but. Look at Batman and Daly for a second. Let's just look at not even years past. Let's just look at since the Bill Peter stuff onwards. It's weird. We shouldn't be surprised by that, but you still kind of are. It's again, the thing with Kane. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. Right. Like I, I, I want you to think about this for a second. Okay. How quickly did the NHLPA tweet about that? They're going to file a grievance for a Vander Kane. Like that. They don't snap, need, but they can't. Are they? <laughs> sorry. Are they or are they not a players union? Uh, they like, are. What are they? Because they don't Allegedly. act like a players union. Yeah, they don't act like a players union. I thought this was a perfect opportunity for the NHLPA to be involved in something that 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 I think can help grow the game of hockey. I want to read you the Wayne Simmons quote. I'm just pulling it up. I apologize, but I think it very much gets the point across. Um of what the whole campaign is about. And now I cannot find this tweet. This is very upsetting, but essentially it's, it's about like, it's not because I keep, I saw comments about like, you know, they, they're just trying to like, poor me, poor me. That's not the point. It's not about them. It's about the, what they're dealing with. They shouldn't have to deal with this. They really shouldn't. I think it's because the league are probably too busy suing their insurance companies right now. That's that's a story that from Rick Westhead. I want to make a note. We have it in the doc. We're not talking about it yet because I feel like there's a lot coming. For those of you who don't know, I think it's five teams the league are suing um, insurance companies due to um, let me just read. This is the sort of the header for the article is the NHL and 20, oh, 20 of its teams. Well, I think five um, are suing five of their insurance providers, alleging the companies have breached contract by refusing to reimburse more than a billion dollars worth of losses due to COVID-19 pandemic. Um, that's something I want to keep an eye on. Yeah. Um, 
it's in the dock. It's just, I don't think there's a lot of detail, but again, it's maybe that's why, because they're too busy dealing with that and that's going to make them money. This is the quote from uh, Wayne Simmons. This was from an athletic article. Um, Mm -hmm. Our goal is not to tarnish the reputation of the game. Our goal is to make this game better, a safe space for everybody and an all encompassing game. Why is that so hard? Mm-hmm. I, I, they just don't get it. I don't know if it's because they don't see profit in it, but that's how it feels. But it's a, I don't know, man. It's, it's the million dollar question. And I, Simmons was talking about enrolling his daughter in hockey yeah. and how it was like, it's just, it, it's a troubling thing to do considering what he's had to endure and, and considering the lack of, maturity from the nhl to own up to the fact that there is an issue in there's an there is an issue here and i i just don't understand why this is so hard to accept why is it like we are we're already having issues with uh getting more and more kids to play the game of hockey because it's ridiculously expensive and then we're trying to do this and it's like, oh, well, no, we can't do this for whatever reason. It makes no sense to me. All right. We're going to move on for now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. That's it. I'm done. No, it's okay, man. That was good. So a bit of a sharp turn, but the rest of this is just hockey fun. So don't worry. Um, do you know what happens if Yaroslav Halak plays two more games? Uh, no, <laughs> no. So do you know how old he is? Oh, does he have a 35 plus contract? He does. <gasps> so, oh boy. If Yaroslav Halak plays two more games, he earns a $1.25 million bonus applied to the cap next year. Oh my God. By the way, he, <laughs> his deal expires this season. So basically he's <sighs> dead cap for next year. So apparently the Canucks and Darren Dreger added to this. This is originally from uh, Matthew Seker. I he, I can't say his name properly. S e k e r e s. Matt Sekeris. Uh, yes, he has the Sekeris show, right? But anyway, he yep. he first um, reported about that, and then Darren Dreger followed it up with the following tweet. This is interesting. We just we discussed it a bit on the show, so I poked around a bit. I believe the Canucks would consider trading Halak mostly because Demko is likely to play a lot of games, and the return should be decent for Yarrow. The bonus um, money likely part of the equation, but not the main reason. Okay, so we talked a lot about two goalies with Curtis. I yeah. think it was even after the show ended. Um, Okay, Demko's good. Yeah, we know he's good, but uh, that speaks to the uh, the cap hell that they are in, that they cannot afford to give a look. I guess. how funny is that? We can't play our backup goalie too much because he's going to screw our cap it next year. They're already at like five million using LTI right LTIR right now too. Oh my god! Yeah, there you. By the way, happy birthday, Bruce Boudreaux. Oh yeah, Bruce Boudreaux's birthday. Um, no, I mean it's kind of, it's kind of difficult for them. Like I, I don't think Jim Rutherford's job and whoever he decides to hire in the coming weeks or months, it, it's not going to be, um, I would say, an easy job because I think there's some retooling that needs to be done there, uh, along with re-signing some guys. Like I know Brock Besser is up next year, 
uh, along with trying to fix this team, it's not going to be an easy job. And having that extra 1.25 million next year, I, I don't think is helpful any way you look at it. I wonder if it changes hockey related revenue wasn't going to take this 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 cap in. We were going to get that million dollar jump in the cap next year, but that's not going to happen. Speaking of money, though, the Athletics sold. They did. That's a, to the New York Times. People yeah. were low key. This, we're going to talk about something kind of funny to do with this okay. because of the money aspect. But a lot of people were very critical about this. Did you see like the athletics started as ripping newspapers and then they became one? It was people were ripping this. Um, but anyway, so this is from Mark J. Barnes on Twitter. In the screenshot I took of this, Alex retweeted it. So there you go. Um, it sold for around $550 million. You want to know what's funny about that, Alex? What's that? So how around 550, so you just want to round up, maybe it's 575 for the fun of it, right? Okay. So I just, I know this is kind of, I'm not a big economics guy. I don't know a lot about money, but I just want to put this into perspective. The athletic that's never made money, by the way. Yeah. And like, I'm not dissing them. I love the athletic and they're like, they're like the best hockey writers in the world. Like I love their stuff so much. Yeah. The guys like Dom and like the, the, like the front office confidence articles and all that. They're some of my favorite articles to read ever. So f- let's say they sold for $575 million, $25 million north of this report. Okay. They would have sold for the higher value of the Winnipeg Jets, the Carolina Hurricanes, the Ottawa Senators, the Buffalo Sabres, the Columbus Blue Jackets, the Florida Panthers, and the Arizona Coyotes. Now, why do you mention that, Adam? <laughs> well, I'm happy you ask because somehow the Arizona Coyotes value is probably going to go even lower because right before we started recording, Craig Morgan of The Athletic reported, per sources, the Coyotes do not currently have the votes in the Tempe City Council to approve their $1.7 billion arena and entertainment district proposal. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and and there was something interesting in there uh, that I, I thought we should bring up uh, per those sources. There are three yes votes, two no votes and two votes that are undecided, but leaning toward no after the Coyotes recent failure to pay taxes and bills that came to light. That is um, that is really funny. That is really funny. I feel bad for Coyotes fans, but I'm like, man, if in real life, you know what happens when you don't pay taxes? The tax man comes after you. The tax man comes after you. Uh, and- not even the Joker fights the IRS. You know that? You ever seen that clip on YouTube? I have not, but you told me. You were telling. You told me before. The Joker pays his taxes, people. The Joker. <laughs> If the Joker pays his taxes, then you must pay your taxes. It's just exactly. psychopath serial killer. What a mess of a situation. What happens? Because so you know what's a real shame is I can't wait at the end of this that they go back to Glendale and just have to pay like double the price, which people the, are sort of speculating may happen. It's going to come back. Well, the the thing is, is okay, even let's say they sign this deal, right? The 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 Coyotes Tempe Arena can go ahead. They still don't have somewhere to play 
for at least X amount of years. Like how fast do you think these arena complexes are built? Like it's not, not going to be done overnight. This is a year. Like how many years did it take Seattle to build their, their um, arena and, and Arizona in Tempe want to build this huge, this just big entertainment district. Alex, you think Adam, you and I could do a better job running the Arizona Coyotes then? I think about it sometimes. Just give us the team. We don't, we don't have the money to pay for it, but, you know. I mean, like, if you go on my Twitter, the banner photo is me presenting the cup as the commissioner. So oh I do really God. think that was shut up, Mike, for making that for me. Um, but I do think we could do it. Alex, tell me about Joe Thornton. Um, he is very close to the game's played record. Play, and, and who holds that record? Patrick Marlowe. When did he get that record? Uh, last year. So Joe Thornton, I think, is now at 1,701 games because I think the Panthers played yesterday. They won. Yeah, yeah they won in overtime. So I don't know if he 100% played, but assuming he's at 1,701 games played. He is. How far back is he of the record? 78 games. That's insane. And no one's talking about it, right? Like, remember when Patrick Marlowe was approaching the record? It was such a big deal, except for like three Toronto reporters yes. who decided, like, oh, I don't. Oh, how is the WHA? I can't up in the ground. No. Uh, and it was like the two, the ones you'd expect to. Um, uh, and it's like, imagine who would have thought within like a span of two years we would have had two guys break that record. It's incredible. Indeed. Uh, and teammates. Yeah, teammates, old teammates. Where is Patrick back, Marlowe? Back to back picks, were they not? Am I thinking? I believe that? they were. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm pretty they, sure. I'm pretty uh, sure. There's a, and then they both ended up in San Jose because and, in, <laughs> and then they both ended up in Toronto. Yeah, funny enough, because <laughs> the league is weird. <laughs> because uh, the NHL. Yeah, they the went NHL. one and two. Mm-hmm. They were good. Good. Yeah. Do you know good, who good. went third? What team? Uh, the LA Kings, 1997. 97, 97. Oh, 97. <laughs> I don't care who. Uh, Oli Jokinen. Oh, who really? Yeah. Who what also a had a, yeah. Who also had a six game stint with the Leafs, by the way. I just uh, forgot about that. Didn't you just stop trying and they just kind of like, okay. Or am I thinking of Eric Brewer? Uh, ah, there, there was a, there was a, weird, it was a bad year. I don't, I don't it know. It was a weird time. Uh, you know what else is kind of weird? Uh, Tukarask. Has signed a P two PTO with the Bruins, not the Boston Bruins, with the Providence Bruins, <laughs> to get some conditioning. And he was supposed to play, but a game between them and Lehigh Valley got pushed back. But we're just counting the days down to see him actually sign with the Bruins. Now, this I love this. This is my favorite thing in the league right now. It'll be so interesting to see what they do because uh, they got three goalies. So I imagine Swayman's going to be the guy sent down. What taxi squad, right? Uh, because I, I, Merrick said it on 32 thoughts. No, he doesn't have to go through waivers, which means he can't be on the taxi squad. I believe Merrick said that on 32 thoughts. The dogs are getting really wild. Hopefully you didn't hear that. No, Uh, didn't hear it at all. Thank goodness. Uh, the Jets tried to play in Saskatoon, Saskatoon, Saskatoon. Are they the same place? Saskatoon is in Saskatchewan. Oh, I knew that. They put out a feeler to their season tickets holders. Now, if the Habs came to me, a season ticket holder, and said, Hey, Adam, how'd you feel about us playing in Saskatoon? I'd be like, 
Well, I don't get to go to the game, so I don't care. I'd like to know what the results were. Anyway, um, I don't know. I think we know the details. Maybe there's some paperwork in that. Um, it's not happening. But imagine if we had. It's creative, right? Yeah. I would have loved to have seen it. It, it would have been interesting because I believe Saskatchewan does not have uh, the same type of restrictions as uh, Manitoba and Ontario. So I, I, as soon as that that report came out, uh, Saskatchewan's like, yeah, it probably wouldn't be a good idea to have all these people uh, in the same place, <laughs> which was like. If I'm a, a Saskatooner. Yeah. A, Ska- that's a Saskateer. Uh, that's what we'll call them. If I yeah, if I'm a Saskateer, yeah, why in the world am I opening the door for this team staff hundreds of people to maybe not hundreds, but you know what I mean? Like, why am I gonna allow this and their fans to flock to Saskat my my Saskat home, my Saska residence, yeah, my Saska land. <laughs> No, I, I think Saskatoons is the title of this episode. Saskatoons. Saskatoons. Okay. Saskatoons. Yes. Okay. Um, no, like I think you're right. Like, but at the same time, if the, I'm the NHL, I'm like, man, that's that's a smart idea. Let's play some games in Saskatchewan. Like, What's I think outside the box thinking. Yeah, like that's insane. Again, why Adam and Adam Daniel and I should run the NHL, but whatever. That's besides the point. Um, it would it'd be interesting because I think it would defeat you wouldn't have to postpone Winnipeg home games mm-hmm. is essentially why they did it. I would love to watch a Canadian team play hockey lately because <laughs> it's been like Toronto and no one else. Yeah, and Toronto and, and those games have just been awesome to watch. I, I've got entertainment value out of it. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Well, I, I think again, like are Montreal going on a road trip? Cause I know Toronto. Uh, yeah. Are... Yeah. Yeah. They're going on like a big one apparently now. Oh, Just... and they have no players. Okay. So, I, I, I think some guys are back, but it's not looking like yeah, I practice today. There were still five defensemen. And oh. cause apparently they still have some players in the States that are stuck there. Yeah. I saw three, six, nine, 12, 13 forwards. Oh, oh. but two of them didn't have, Four of them had no contact. Oh, no, because we're we're getting to a point where uh, I think Alan Walsh said it on the last episode of Agent Provocateur with Doug Armstrong that it we're getting to a point where we're probably going to have to extend the season by a week or two. I hate that so much. Hate it so much. What can you do, though? I thought you were about to say, because here's the thing with Montreal is you can't just, it's not a few players. Like, at yeah. some point, the Habs cannot continue to play with half their team. Like, shorthanded on an, a, 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 a game that cannot continue to happen like it did right. against Car- um, Florida. Florida. Anyway, um, shall we finish off by talking about some stuff from 32, 32 Thoughts on Hockey Night in Canada? Yeah, 32 Thoughts Headlines. Such I hate it. Just call what it I'm calling it. Um, so Boston apparently have interest in two members of the Arizona Coyotes, Lawson Krause, and who cares about that? Because they also have apparently, um, this is from the lads, the 32 Thoughts lads, Freeman and Merrick, you may have heard of them, uh, kind of our heroes. 
um, reason that this show exists. Uh, they're also interested in bringing Phil Castle back. Just hurts. I I uh, I wouldn't want to see it, but like, good, fine. If he goes to the Bruins, do the Leafs just quit the season? Like, does Dubis resign right then and there because he's like, okay, well, there's the magic. I'm not gonna win. Yeah, no. If if they play them in the first round, which would need some ma- major magic, um, I I would say yeah, Kyle Dubis just resign. Like, it's not worth it. It's not worth it to watch those seven games or whatever. Hunter packs his bag and goes to Columbus. Yeah, just he here's I'll take that fifteen million dollars or whatever the hell they were offering him. Uh, so looking also stuff. This is from Merrick. About ten teams have uh, called the Coyotes about Jacob Chickering. Uh, they're looking for a first rounder, a young player, and a high end prospect. Again, sort of you can kind of say similar ish. If Tuck was a little younger to the Eichel deal, um, some of the teams he mentioned, the Ducks are rumored, uh, the Blues, who seem to be in on everyone lately, yeah, uh, and the LA Kings, which that makes a lot of sense actually because the Kings yes. need D. Yeah, they. They that's not their strong suit, I'd say at the moment. Their best defenseman is arguably Phil Deneau, who is a center. Yeah. Deneau effect. Let's go. Big Which, fight and a goal last night. Let's go. <laughs> no, and that and, he had an assist. I'll see if he got a Gordy out after. Okay. Uh no, that would be interesting. Like the Kings wasn't necessarily someone I was thinking of just because Chirkerin's more offensive minded, and I think maybe the Kings could do with someone who's a little more defensively minded, but regardless, like those three teams in St. Louis and, and Anaheim as well. I really like that idea in bringing in, uh, in bringing in Chigger to the ducks, because obviously they might be losing Hampus Lindholm to, rest, uh, to unrestricted free agency this year. And you're bringing in a guy who's 24. I think he's 24. Uh, around there and with st louis i think was it you who brought up st louis for chikarin last episode adam i don't want to take credit in case it was daniel but i I, I know i did because i said that yeah he'd be their best d i I nailed it yeah you made the pareko you said put him next to pareko and it would work really well so again like it works yeah, I, I'm not saying Jeff Merrick's source. Uh, yeah. He's 23, by the way. 23. 24 in March. Oh, okay. Close. He is a year older than me, and I can't stand it. <laughs> I hate seeing that, too. Uh, and then the Ducks. I just listen, get that done, and just everyone who fails to get him or Klingberg, we'll get to that in a second. Come get Ben Chirot. Because here's the thing Ben Chirot, you like him, come get him. John Klingberg requested a trade, but he didn't. Uh, so the way it was described on 32 Thoughts was that John Klingberg wants basically an eight-year deal around $64 million, right? And with contracts being stalled or contract talks stalling a little bit, the word is that he would like a trade. His agent said, if you cannot get a deal sorted out, can you accommodate the trade for my client? So and I think Klingberg has said it's not exactly a trade request, but Okay, so you give me $64 million over eight years or you trade me. That sounds like a trade request. That does sound like a trade request. So I suggested I could think of Boston, Calgary, and I can't remember the last team. Like, if I I don't see Boston getting him and like extending him because they're going to be question after this year. 
Can you think of any teams you'd like to see for Klingberg? I just, I don't know uh, off the top of my head. Like, you know who would, would I, I just, the Flyers, because that's the only type of defenseman they go after. Yeah. Like, you have to look at it from, okay, are you getting him just to stay for the year or are you getting him and then you're going to extend him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd go for a run. If you're Boston, last hurrah. Why not? If you're Pittsburgh, could you imagine Pittsburgh with Latang and Kulikberg? It's pretty good. Pretty I missed good. I missed a team. I missed a team. The Carolina Hurricanes. Okay. So I was joking with Mike. I'm like, they could get him just because they love acquiring every defenseman. If there's a defenseman available, just say Carolina. Yeah. Pretty it doesn't much. make sense, but you know, they just do it because they want to. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. I, th- I think that's everything. I believe so. Um, but beside that, did you know that a cherry lecanin statistically is amazing? You said that Patrick tweet about something. Oh lecanin for Selkie, I can get behind that. I think you could get I think Carolina would be a good fit for Lekkanen, actually. Isn't it? That's a that's an analytical team that understands that player's value. Yeah. Okay. Alex. Adam. Did you enjoy the show? Yeah, I did. Did you enjoy the show? I did. So we've already done this, but to player players, to people that have not done this, if you enjoyed the show, check us out wherever you listen to your podcasts. iTunes. That's not a thing anymore. Apple, Apple Podcasts, podcasts. which on. doesn't no, just keeps updating and ruining itself. <laughs> um, God, I love like refreshing every day, but for some reason on Saturday it gives me every episode of Jeff Merrick this week. Oh, really? Because it sucks, and it's, <laughs> you can't multi-select to delete. You have to do individually swipe, but it's awful. Uh, Spotify, we're on Spotify video. Do we? Yeah, yeah, yeah we are. Um, YouTube for the video portion. Thank you again to Curtis for coming on. All his gubs will be linked in the description below. Uh, Alex deals with all that because he actually works on the show. Um, remember, Alex, we gotta bleep that one part out. Yep. Um, besides that, um, Saskatoons. Saskatoons. Maybe you can find like an animated thing of Connor Hellebuck. Sure. Is he from, is he's that... from Saskatoon, but... Oh, okay. Um, we will see. Check out the show's TikTok and our social medias as well as the shows and all that stuff. People like TikTok. We like TikTok. I think we're um, 11 followers. Oh, wait. I'm just double checking. Okay. Wait, wait. Um, Alex is looking at things, people. 11 followers away from 300. So that would be nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Can't I, complain. That's cool. Um, so go do that. Okay. Bye. <laughs>